Hello, my name is Peter. This is my podcast. Thanks for listening. This episode, I'm going to talk with my friend Rachel about Iron Man 2, the movie with Robert Downey Jr., directed by John Favreau. Uh, we recorded this episode back in July of 2018, um, eight years after this movie was made. Um, and in this Marvel movie series, we're trying to sort of look at the movies through the lens of, of, um, semi-political, I guess. Just like, what are these movies saying about the larger culture things that are happening? So, um, I guess that's enough preamble. Hope you like the show. Um, have a listen. I think I'm going to play the audio from the trailer next, and then right after that, we'll, um, get into the review of the movie. All right. Oh, it's good to be back. The notary's here. Front center. I'm sorry. He's very eccentric. I want one. No. Okay, that's probably enough audio from the trailer. Okay, coming up, the review of the movie. Hey, and there we're we live. We are live. Hi, I'm Peter. And who are you? Hi. Huh? What? Who are, who are you? Who am I? That's, that's a pretty big question, Peter. What is your name? <laughs> I am Rachel. Okay, that's good. We'll talk about, you know existential questions later. So we're going to okay. talk about Iron Man 2, and we're just going to jump right into it. Sounds good. Iron Man 2, made in 2010, directed by John Favreau. So it was eight years ago? Mm -hmm. A little over eight years ago, because we're recording this on July 8th, 2018, and this was in... Iron Man 2 came out in the theaters on May 7th, 2010, which is kind of, it's interesting to think about like the way they release these movies. Iron Man 2, or, or I'm sorry, Iron Man came out May 2nd, 
2008. Incredible Hulk, the very next month, June 13th, 2008. And then almost to the day they release Iron Man 2, two years from the original Iron Man date. They released Iron Man 2 May 7th, 2010. And in between, like there were no, there were no Marvel Cinematic Universe movies made. Which feels really weird to me now that there's like now know, that like we 10 have, every year. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we have like one every three months. But what about the oh, Spider-Man movies? Um, uh, like, I wonder, I can't remember when Spider-Man 3 came out. Um, Spider-Man 3 came out 2007. Okay. Yeah. Um, and X-Men movies, when did those come out? 2003, 2006, 2009. So, so they, we still had some like Marvel properties, but that that's not part of the MCU because X Men Wolverine, X Men Origins Wolverine came out in 2009. Right. Um, yeah, so that would fit right in between. And then X Men First Class comes out in 2011. Because also, what's weird is that Iron Man Two is the only. It's not like they went two years and, and released two more movies. They it went uh, June 13th, 2008 for The Incredible Hulk, and then Iron Man 2, May 7th, 2010. And then Thor was, again, almost to the day a year later, May 6th, May 6th, 2011. Okay. Yeah, weird, right? Hmm. Yeah, that is weird. But then, but then that's when, that's when our lives were forever changed and... And now every, like, May 6th, 2011, Thor. May, July 22nd, 2011, Captain America. May 4th, 2012, Avengers. May 3rd, 2013. Oh, weird. Only Mar the Avengers were, that was the only um, Marvel movie in 2012. Hmm. Oh. Huh. Yeah. yeah. As far as MCU goes. Okay. Right. Any anyway. So... Um, and it did, it, all these movies do well in the box office. Like when it was released first week, earned 159 million. Um, it was number one in the box office that releasing that same week, uh, babies, babies, mother and child. Mm-hmm. Casino Jack and the United States of Money. Um, Metropolis, which was a 2010 reissue. So Metropolis, that old black and white sci-fi film. Oh, yeah. yeah. The Oath. Um, OSS 117, colon, Lost in Rio. Um, multiple Sarcasms. Happiness Runs. Carbon Nation. Yeah, so it's like... I remember none of those movies. Yeah, I, I, I vaguely, I vaguely remember um, previews for Babies, but what was Babies know. about? Oh, The Hunger Games also came out in two, 2012. Oh no, yeah, like wait, that was, sorry, that was 2012, not 2010. No, like 2010, there like some some big things came out that year, like uh, Kick Ass came out. 
Um, April 16th, I think. Mm -hmm. Well, the week of the 16th. So I don't know what exactly what day. Um, it, oh, wow. Yeah. Inception, the social network. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Toy Story uh, 3. <laughs> uh, How to Train Your Dragon came out that year, too. Oh, yeah. Um, Despicable Me. It's an important I don't, film. <laughs> I should probably watch a Tyler Perry movie, but I have, I have to admit, I've mm. never seen a Tyler Perry movie. Um, yeah. And maybe that's not surprising given my demographics of being like, you know, just some nerdy white dude. But I should watch a Tyler Perry movie. Like, it was number three in the box office uh, when it got released. Why did I get married too? You know? But mm -hmm. I don't know. I get the sense that his movies are just like, kind of like weird comedies and I, I don't know anyway I should watch one regardless uh yeah so it was like it was a pretty big um big year for, movies. for movies and or yeah. I mean uh summer for movies mm -hmm. and yeah so that's the that's the box office um oh and Nightmare on Elm Street came out the week before yes okay. it came out the week before and that was number one when it came out. I get the impression, though, that like horror movies, it's kind of like they last, they, they, when they come out, they get number one, but horror movies are not likely to last for a long time, being like number one in the box office. Maybe not. Maybe I'm wrong. Am I right or am I wrong? What do you think? I don't know. I just get the impression, like, if you're a horror movie person, you're going to go see it and because it's all about like, scares and jumps and stuff and then like you're probably not i don't know i i'm not gonna go back to the movies to see a horror movie yeah you, you, like even yeah. really even really good ones like i would i i liked um uh jordan peele's horror movie get out i liked that yes. but i i don't i don't really need to see it again you know? Yeah, I think, well, it's interesting, yeah, because the, the appeal of the horror movie is like going into an un the unknown, right? And so yeah. once you've watched it, it takes away a big part of the appeal of that particular uh, yeah. genre. But, it, yes, but that's not, that's not very um, improv-y of me. Supposed to be yes. Yes, yes, but. <laughs> yes, but. This is just contrary and improv. Yep, that's me. Uh, like, Alien and Aliens are very rewatchable, I think. But they have other yeah. things going on with them. Yeah, I wouldn't necessarily necessarily categorize them as straight horror, though. Mm-hmm. Okay, okay. And right. I, I think... I think psychological... Thrill, well, I don't know. I don't know how to differentiate between movies that you want to see again in the box office or not. Yeah, yeah. I, I, like, I feel like people want to go see these Marvel movies again. People want to go see Star Wars movies again. They're movies yeah. that, they, that they're like, I gotta go, I want to go see that because, I don't know, because they want to experience Iron Man blowing crap up yet again, you know, or go with your other set of friends who really loves Iron Man also and like, hurrah, you know? Um, yeah, I th I think part of what it is is that you get an emotional attachment to the movies. Mm -hmm. There's something about these movies that makes them like immediately nostalgic. <laughs> mm. 
It, where say more like, about that what do you mean by nostalgic i mean like you watch it and then you think about like oh that was it was fun because none of the movies are like oh wow that changed my worldview. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know yeah yeah it's, it's fun it feels like the kind of movies you watch as a kid as far as like adults who go back who might rewatch iron man like yeah. kids want to rewatch fun movies all the time because they they get an emotional attachment to a movie and then they want it then they're iron man you know right. so when they're watching it they're iron man right um, right yep and i, th- you, you I do think that thing when you're a kid where you put the movie on and if you have brothers or sisters or friends you go i and you call out which characters you you are yeah. i'm iron man yeah <laughs> here's iron man tag yourself um <laughs> right but uh i think and I think it gives adults that feeling too, to a certain extent, not in the same way, but like that it's the same kind of fun you had watching movies as a kid, but they're enjoy- enjoyable for adults too. Mm-hmm. And so you want to go see them just because they're fun. They're fun and nothing, nothing that bad is going to happen. <laughs> right. You know? Yeah. yeah but you, the... might, you might catch like a new joke. You might catch a new cool effect when you watch it, like you might get more out of it the second time. Yeah. I, I feel like people go rewatch these movies too um, because it's like they want, they want to be able to talk about them because by, once they reach a level that they're at now where everybody in the world watches these things, um, it's like you want to be able to talk about them or at least know what people are talking about, you know? And for me, because I didn't want to pay money to go see Infinity War, because I, I don't care. Um, I just listened to an in-depth recap podcast about it from Slate. And really? I just went, yeah, I thought I told you that. Yeah, I, I listened to it the day after the movie came out. Because I was like, I really want to know what people are talking about. I don't want to sit in those seats. because. Mm-hmm. I I uh, do things that a 39-year-old probably shouldn't be doing, and I messed up my back, and I don't like sitting in those seats. <laughs> and, kind of a weird way to put it. Anyway. Well, um, it's true. I let, you know, you do. play this you sport do. where, like, they're, like, 15 years younger than me. Like, mess myself up. Uh, anyway, so... Anyway. Yeah, and so I just listened to the recap podcast about it. Okay. Okay. So, but I, yeah, I, but here, here we are, and I'm rewatching Iron Man 2, which mm-hmm. at the beginning of the MCU, I enjoyed these movies far more than I do eight years into this monstrosity. Right. Yeah. It's, it's funny. I didn't, I wasn't super into Iron Man 2, but it, these early movies really call out. Um, how kind of bloated <laughs> like the new movies are. Mm-hmm. There are a few of the newer Marvel movies, like we'll get into this later, but Thor Ragnarok, um, mm-hmm. I felt had just the right number of storylines going on. Mm-hmm. And it was, it was a lot more focused. Uh, um, it's right. Yeah. But yeah, this one was like very, very simple. But uh, two, like they, they hadn't really opened up that all that much yet. 
uh, for to be used. Yeah. The 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 formula for like reading comics when I was a kid and I think it's still similar now. Like the superhero formula of comics is like, you know, you've got you've got Iron Man, um Thor and Captain America. Those are all separate titles, right? So you can pick up Iron Man and read it and it's got mm -hmm. its own through line. Um, and same thing for Thor and Captain America. And mm -hmm. then maybe like twice a year, maybe it, it might, they might have increased the frequency now, but once, maybe twice a year, they'll have these huge, like, they'll have, well, along the way, they'll have small crossovers where like, oh, if you want to, this is where Thor and Iron Man connect. So you got to like buy the next two issues of Thor and if you're reading Thor, you got to buy the next two issues of Iron Man and combine them together, and then you can like complete the through line. And mm -hmm. then, like once a year, they'll have huge events, which like Infinity War in the um, comics was. I think I'm pretty sure it was one of those deals where like Infinity War crossed over so many um, Marvel comic titles. So if you wanted to know what was going on. Mm -hmm. You had to you had to buy fifteen issues total or something, and it and it went from like Thor, Captain America, Quasar, or whoever you know, like, mm -hmm. and then you got to read them. If you were just like, if you're just like somebody who's like, I don't really care, and I just like Iron Man, you read through them, and then you get to this one weird comic that doesn't make any sense because you don't care about Infinity War, and you read through it, and you go, oh, okay, fine, or you go. <laughs> Or you go, oh, oh, that's really interesting. And then you go read all of it, you know. But mm -hmm. those, I guess my point is like those huge crossover things, by nature, they can't go that in depth and they can't have that many like tangible storylines because you're throwing all of these things in there. And it was, from my perspective, as like a person who bought comics when he was like 12 or 13 or whatever, mm -hmm. like, those were never intended to be what comics are. Like that was one facet of what a comic book was. Mm -hmm. But but like the rest of it was, I like this character and I want to see this character doing lots of things. So my point being, I think if we're using that analogy, I think what the MCU is doing is they're trying to make everything be those crossover events. And if yeah. you do that, by nature, you're going to get the movies that they're that they're cranking out now, which is just right. like, yeah, which is just like not enough concentration on one character, not enough characterization, all plot, like 15 seconds, and you got to like move, you got to move on because you got all this plot to deal with. So, hmm. yeah, um, I think they, I think they need to like amp up the singular storylines more and I would I would be a happier consumer of this mass produced yeah. weaponized entertainment. <laughs> Speaking of storylines. Yeah. Should right? we give the summary <laughs> of Iron Man 2? Do we need to give the summary? We were talking about that off off camera. Oh well we were gonna like I thought we were gonna like skim over it. We could if you want. Okay. Or I mean I think I can sum it, it up in like two sentences. I'll give you, is this, it's like name that tune. Oh, sure. yeah. Yeah. This is, uh, this I is can, a good challenge. How I many can, words can I use? Yeah. So you, uh, how many words? I'm not going to count the number of words. Okay. Well, how, 
how how many how much time here on my Casio okay. watch? <laughs> oh gosh. Okay. All right. Ready? How long do I get? I'm not telling you. You. I'm just timing you. Okay. Okay. It's like it's like running a mile. Okay. I tell you. I tell you when you're done. Okay. Okay. Ready? Yep. One, two, three. All right. Uh, Iron Man gets cocky, fights a man with electric whips who makes a better Iron Man suit. This man is played by Mickey Rourke. He is Russian. He has a bird. Uh, another guy owns a competing company who hires Mickey Rourke to make better Iron Man suits. Mickey Rourke hijacks all the new Iron Man suits to kill everybody, but Iron Man wins anyway. The end. <laughs> mm. I feel like that's all of it. It's pretty good. 28 seconds. All right. Yeah, 28 seconds. Um, yeah, and it's and it's got some good actors in it. Because um, Don Cheadle, who I really enjoy. Yeah, Don and Cheadle. Sam Rockwell. Sam Rockwell is the one that owns the other company. Man, Sam Rockwell is one of the most likable actors um, who plays his type of actor, I think. Yes. So good. Um, I mean, like... Everything that he's maybe not everything, but most of the movies that he's been in, he like stands out. He was in Green Mile. He played this crazy, gross, kind of serial killer, child killer person, and he was funny and disgusting and weird and good. Mm -hmm. And he was in uh, Galaxy Quest, the same year as the Green Mile. Oh yeah, he was in Galaxy Quest. I mm -hmm. maybe that's one that I would dis that, that that he doesn't stand out for me on, but I've I'm not like in the Galaxy Quest camp. Mm. Um, I, know, I know I think there are people who are in the camp and people who are out of the camp, and there's very few like, oh, it's it's a decent movie. Mm -hmm. I'm not in the camp. I've tried to be, but I'm not. I like to like matchstick. Uh, I do. I love Galaxy Quest. It's yeah. um, it's ranked the the like second best Star Trek movie. <laughs> Yeah, I should try watching it again. Um, it's something about, I mean, you put Tim Allen in a movie and it's hard for me to be like. That's fair. Gung-ho about this. It's the same thing. It's the Russell Crowe effect too. Like, I'm not going to like a movie that Russell Crowe's in. Probably. Really? I like Russell yeah. Oh, man. That's a, that's a whole other podcast. Yeah. Yeah. I ooh, can't stand him. Um uh, uh, yeah, and yeah, I didn't see Matchstick Men, but I wanted to see that. It's good. It's good. Um, what else? Oh, he was in, uh, <laughs> he was Zaphod Beeblebrox in Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. I never saw that either. Um, I liked it okay. The mm -hmm. books were such a big part of my childhood that the movies felt incomplete for me. Mm -hmm. Um, and really rushed. I felt like you had to have read the books to really appreciate the movie. But I loved the characterizations, like the the characters that they made, like mm -hmm. Sam Rockwell as Zaphod Beeblebrox with his two heads, and mm. um, Bill Nye was um, Slarty Bartfast, and uh, it's just it's fun. It's a fun movie. Yeah, and in this movie, he plays Justin Hammer. Who is uh, he's a, a private private um, weapons, weapons manufacturer, manufacturer. Yep. competing mm -hmm. with Tony Stark and like 
he's sort of slimy and um real cocky yeah super cocky and 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 really good um he's basically another tony stark without as much arrogance like he's arrogant but he doesn't come across as arrogant as tony stark mm -hmm. like a like a down-home tony stark just (laughs) i i think he wants I think he wants to be. I think I think the thing is he really wants to be as cool and as cocky as Tony Stark and he just doesn't you know, it's like it's like when you have those managers or coaches or something that oh, and they just they they're trying to be that way and they're not. You know? <laughs> like like they say neat a lot. <laughs> <laughs> right. Bud. 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 Want to rap? Uh, <laughs> Is it backwards on chairs? <laughs> okay, given that, would Ricky Gervais or um, or the American actor guy from The Office who played the boss, Steve Carell? Yeah, would one of them? <laughs> <laughs> that would be, one of them in that role would. I think it would. Oh. I think it would make it too funny. I think it would just make it way too funny. Or they could amp it up and play it really creepy. Because I've never seen Ricky Gervais play, play like demonic, you know? Yeah. But I bet that would be that would be interesting, actually. Or like the, the scene, like picture that scene where he's taking the bird away from away from Ivan. What's his name? Um, um, Mickey Rourke's character, you mm-hmm. know, and he's taking all this stuff away. Picture Ricky Gervais doing that to him, and then like mm. his weird laugh and stuff. Ugh, ugh, it'd be creepy. Yeah, he could have. He'd go really creepy. Cause I think if if someone like Steve Carell played it, he'd just be like that super like intense look that he does. Well, well, yeah, but yeah, and Steve Carell does. Um, Steve Carell does serious stuff now. Yeah. So. Um, yeah, so Sam Rockwell, really good, really good in this. Um, mm-hmm. Gwyneth Paltrow reprises her role as Pepper Potts. Uh, yeah. Robert Downey Jr. is still Iron Man. He might be Iron Man for the rest of his life, uh, Robert Downey Jr. I don't know. <laughs> we'll see if he can do anything else after this. Don right. Cheadle, like we said, is uh, ro- is Rhodey. Yeah, and his replacement. The... The weirdest hole to go down is to try and figure out why Terrence Howard was not in this movie. And he says one thing and like Marvel, it, it's such a pointless exercise. Like, I don't really care, but it's so weird. The little back and forth because like Terrence Howard said that he wasn't going to get paid enough money. That mm-hmm. that was one of the first things he said and and, and that they, they basically took the job away from him because he signed a one-way contract. Like the contract basically did nothing for him. It was Mm -hmm. like, oh, I'll sign this contract that says you'll let me be in your movies, but only if you want to. And then like, there's other things that say he was the first person, um, he was the first person cast in Iron Man 2 and therefore got paid like, uh, was going to be paid like a substantial amount of money. So, mm-hmm. um, and then like we discussed before, like Terrence Howard goes on to get his PhD or something like that. 
it's so weird. Um, anyway, they, they're both fine in the role. And mm -hmm. I think the re if I am saying it like that, I don't think it's the fault of either actor. I think they need to give Rhodey more to do and give him more personality because he doesn't really have a personality. Right. Yeah, he's just he's, he's just kind of there. He's a friend for Iron Man to have in the military. And like, yeah. that's, that's it. Yeah, yeah, I, I would like, you know, I keep saying, this is like a refrain in this series that we do. It needs to be more comic booky. Like give, yeah. him, give him something. You know? Well, and what it's something that just occurred to me is that while I actually like Don Cheadle better as an actor, uh, just overall, I really like Don Cheadle. Mm -hmm. Like Terrence Howard's fine. Um, yeah. But yeah. I miss. I feel like Don Cheadle didn't bring as much exasperation to the role. Like Terrence Howard was always like so exasperated. Yeah. Yeah. With Don Iron Man. I mean, Don Cheadle plays um, stoic really well, you know, yeah. like, like uh, he was in Hotel Rwanda, right? Oh, Pretty sure he was. So. Yeah. Um, and like really good handling, like heavy stuff like that. Pretty sure he was. Maybe not. Who was that? Who am I thinking of? Yeah, he was in Hotel Rwanda. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah, he handles heavy content like that really well, and he plays a he plays like the straight man in a comedy thing really well too. The, yeah, uh, I think maybe I'm thinking about like um, uh, skits from SNL or something. I, I can't remember where I've seen him play funny like that, but I've definitely have seen it, and he's pretty funny. So yeah, I don't know. I don't know. He, I just want them to do more with Rhodey. Feel feel bad for the way he's written in this movie. Um, yeah, Gwyneth Paltrow's still Pepper Potts, and it's cool that they made her CEO. But like again, like I don't know. What did you think about her in this movie? I feel like Pepper's only like <laughs> personality characteristic is just flailing <laughs> like i feel like she could have been replaced by one of those things that like car lots <laughs> and it would have been the same movie oh uh, yeah yeah i mean i like i like pepper pots and it makes me a little sad that she doesn't do more but she's but tony but but tony like, like this is yeah some of their banter can't get is into a relationship and try to change a person like this. Yeah, some of their banter is pretty good. Like I kind of yeah. liked, I kind of liked the after she becomes CEO and he walks into her office with the strawberries. Like that whole bit oh. was, was pretty funny, but also yeah. kind of kind of gross in a way. Yeah, where he, like where he gives her the strawberries and she goes, "The one thing I'm allergic to," and you brought strawberries, and and his. His like fumbling, stupid answer was, "I knew there was a correlation with strawberries, but I just couldn't remember what it was." Or something. Yeah, just like, "Hey Pepper, <laughs> keep your bar real low." <laughs> yeah, yeah. I that's the problem with Tony Stark as a character, right? And and I think this shows sort of how this movie has not aged that well because mm -hmm. 
the Me Too movement did not happen in 2010. It happened right. 2017, 2018, or whatever, whenever it mm -hmm. started. Um, and Tony's sort of like, like funny, I forget things. I'm, I'm this like suave guy who kind of sleeps around, but I'm mending my ways. Like that whole shtick reads really differently to me now. Yeah. Yeah. Like there's a, a scene um, in the very beginning when um, he's doing that, like there's that expo at the beginning. Yeah. Um, where he was like, uh, oh, what does he say? He says um, something about how, like, uh, I doubt there's anyone, like, man enough to beat me. Mm -hmm. And then he has, like, all these women with Iron Man, like, bikinis or whatever come dance behind uh, him. Right. And so then I was like, I, I don't like this. <laughs> Um, yeah. And at the time, it it was just like, oh, look, he's such a playboy, right? Uh, which which he is, yeah. yeah. And like it, and that whole thing is that way. Um, yeah, yeah. I, it just, I, it I read made a note of that to thing too, and I, I didn't like it's, it. Yeah, it just plays differently. It plays differently now. So I think if. Um, I think if that scene had been made now, like there may have still been like female dancers, but I feel like they all would have been in things that looked more like Iron Man suits or mm -hmm. something. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. Um, the, part of this too, like as I was watching this and I, I keep thinking about how, like I keep saying like everybody goes to see these movies. Yeah. In, in, in an age when I feel like we very much have it, uh, Fox News watchers and like C-SPAN watchers or like <laughs> New York Times readers and like, I don't know what's on the other side, uh, InfoWars readers or something. I don't right. know what newspaper they like. Wall Street Journal maybe, I guess. Um, and th these movies have to they have to be available to both sets of people, right? Right. They'll, they will lose money if they alienate one half of those. Right. right. Um, so I keep, I keep, so as I'm rewatching these things, I keep sort of looking for stuff like that. And, mm -hmm. I, you know, this shows my own bias, but that totally, that whole scene of like the, you know, the rich dude in front of a whole bunch of, like, rocketeers, basically. Um, Rockets. Rock Rockets. Rocketeers for, that's a different <laughs> point I'm going to make. Um, yeah, the Rockets is, like, I don't know. It's a super, like, creepy, conservative, super conservative dude. Mm -hmm. mm -hmm. Like, Sure. Um, yeah, I just, it, there, there was that bit. There was the... Um, showing Bill O'Reilly in kind of a funny light, but it, it wasn't like, it wasn't like taking a jab at Bill O'Reilly. And mm -hmm. also, also the fact that he's on the screen in Pepper Potts's office means she's watching Bill O'Reilly on something. 
Yeah. <laughs> like it means Pepper yeah. Potts watches a show. Uh, I'd have to go back and look at it. I don't know if, if it was the O'Reilly factor, but he was, it definitely seemed like vaguely Fox newsy to me. What, what do you think? I don't remember that scene. Like, oh, cause I could yeah. see her just watching stuff um, about that. Anything that talks about is, is he talking about Iron Man or is he just talking? He's talking about Tony Stark. Okay. I'm so I sure. could, I could see her watching like any news about mm-hmm. Tony Stark. Mm-hmm. Just to like keep on top of stuff. Mm, that makes sense. That makes sense. Um. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um. I just googled Bill O'Reilly Iron Man too. <laughs> oh, this is really great. Uh, why does Bill O'Reilly play himself as a geek villain <laughs> in Iron Man Two? That's an article, or is that just a comment? yeah? Yeah, it's oh, an boy. article. Yeah, that, that might be worth checking out. What a, yeah. I, anyway, yeah, I think I think there's these little um, I think there's these little signals all over the place in these movies to to like guide each one of uh, each one of us ideologically into this movie and be like, it's okay, <laughs> it's all right. Mm-hmm. Look, a female's a CEO. Democrats. They're <laughs> just she throwing pepper pants. pots at us to keep us happy. She wears pantsuits. <laughs> They're like, you uh, guys like pantsuits, right? Uh, uh. Oh, God. But okay, but what about at the same time, the woman wearing a pantsuit is watching Bill O'Reilly? Republicans. You know, it's like. <laughs> You're each you're each uh, grabbing onto these to these token things and like oh being like well, it's okay right see they did the thing <laughs> um they did the thing that we like <laughs> um so I think part of what she's talking about is they are in fact talking about her oh yeah yeah this is, yeah, this is mean, irresponsible Miss Potts is doing nothing to manage the, the situation she's a pinhead. <laughs> Yeah, that that would make sense. Like somebody tells her that it's on, and she turns the channel on. Yeah, yeah. I don't. I don't want to. I don't want to. Like, I. I think. A, I think a, a way to destroy a comic book movie is to sort of put too much logic into it. But <laughs> yeah. But um. But yeah. That that would make sense. That totally makes sense. Um. I, I, sorry, I didn't mean to dismiss your point. Like that's a totally valid point. Yeah, but I'm just. Yeah, it it actually doesn't matter why she's watching it, but um. Sorry, I got distracted. This article is really interesting. <laughs> All um, right. Um, I'll send it to you later. Okay. Uh, yeah. The, so some of my random notes from up to this point, I say sure. um, John Favreau really likes scenes of dudes building things. And because <laughs> um, we get Mickey Rourke building things and like basically mm-hmm. recreating those scenes from Iron Man, the first movie where Tony Stark is banging away on stuff, you know? And mm-hmm. the thing is, like, I'm not knocking that, like, as a montage thing to do, like, it was pretty good. <laughs> I like, like people building, like, science stuff in yeah, movies. Yeah, yeah, and, like, sparks flying, and you got goggles on, and, like, uh, banging on blacksmithy things. It's like, uh, yeah, like, let's, let's, 
let's ride this montage out a little bit. Looks pretty good. Mm -hmm. Pretty good. Um, it's funny how in Iron Man, the the music that they use most, the the like the music that stands out to me the most are these ACDC songs. Like they included at like the highest emotional points of the mm -hmm. movie. It's like Back in Black or like Highway to Hell is at the end. And um like Iron Man, the song was played in the first movie at some point, but it wasn't played in this movie at all. And Iron Man the Song is by Black Sabbath. So it's I would think you would maybe play a little bit more Black Sabbath in an Iron Man movie. Maybe mm -hmm. maybe work your way into uh, Iron Man. Like, don't play it right away, but like, like they, there's a Black Sabbath song called War Pigs, which would go really well with the whole oh, theme. Yeah, you know? it would be really fitting. Yeah, and maybe it doesn't have the same punch because Black Sabbath was kind of droney sometimes. It was a little more plotting. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, anyway, now I, now like Iron Man is associated with ACDC in my head. Hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's it's funny. I hadn't paid a, a lot of attention to the music. But... Yeah, the, the, the like most rock type songs in the movie, like the, the thing that closes the movie is an ACDC song. And like when he's, I think it's right at the expo thing when he's flying in, like that's an ACDC song. So it's it's at these like yeah go get a Iron Man moments where they like crank up the ACDC. Hmm. Yeah. Um. Cool. Let's see. Uh. It, oh, and I think another is the is him talking about donating his art collection to the Boy Scouts. Is that another Republican signaling? Um. I don't think so. Nece not necessarily. No, you don't. What do you think of when you think of Boy Scouts? Oh, uh, well, I guess. Hmm. Oh, yeah. But I, I don't think at the time, maybe there was, and I just wasn't aware of it. I don't know if at the time there was as much discussion about the politics of Boy Scouts. But they are like a vaguely like Christian group, aren't they? Mm-hmm. And they, um, they're like anti-gay, or they didn't allow like gay um, group leaders or whatever. Yeah, yeah. I I feel like there's something about them. I I don't know too much about them, but yeah, they like they wouldn't allow. I can't. I don't remember all of it, but like I don't think they would allow gay boy scouts or they wouldn't allow gay scout leaders and they wouldn't allow trans you know it was, it's mm -hmm. always it's always been sort of this like conservative thing i think and like i remember donald trump would like went to the boy scouts assembly and and he made a point of saying how barack obama didn't go um you know yeah. anyway just a little <laughs> just a little just a little thought um uh, did did you like this movie? Did you like this movie, Rachel? I liked it okay. I liked it more than The Incredible Hulk. Yeah, me too. Uh, but it's maybe my least favorite Iron Man movie. Mm. And you're um, including the third one? I am. Oh, okay. Huh. I, I can't I think I liked this one better than the third one, but I'll I'll 
re-solidify that once we watch the third one. Um, yeah, I thought it was I thought it was pretty good. I like Mickey Rourke as a villain. I hate when they cast an American to play a Russian dude, especially a Russian dude who doesn't have like just cast just cast a mean looking Russian guy in this role. It's not like it's not like there's lots of like exposition that needs to go on. He doesn't need to do anything other than like look mean and and be Russian. Mm -hmm. Um oh speaking of Russians, the one thing we haven't talked about is uh we also meet uh Black Widow. Oh in this right. Movie. Yeah. What did you think about that? How did you think, like, at, before she announces, before we find out that she's Black Widow, what did you think? Um, I like, I like Scarlett Johansson in this role. I like, um, I like all the little, like, clues that they leave, like, the, oh, they're not really little clues, but, like, the scene where he is in the ring and he's learning like mixed martial arts or something. And then mm -hmm. he takes a break and tells her to get in the, in the ring mm -hmm. and she like destroys the guy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Why, but why did he, why did he tell his just new administrative assistant to go in the ring and get punched? Yeah. Or like learn how to punch. That felt really weird to me. It felt it felt like along the same, somehow it felt like along the same, like weird sexist. Yeah. Yeah. Vibes like to, to show her up to like make her, it, it felt like it was to embarrass her. Yeah. Like, Oh, I, this is going to be cute to put this, to put this girl in a ring with this, with, with this, this tough like, dude. dude and Oh, ha ha. You're like, you know, here you are a nerdy uh, administrative assistant. I like, yeah, I didn't I didn't like that. But then again, she kicks his ass. So Right. It was a way to like give hints to who she was. Yeah. The one thing that I did that I found too distracting about her character, and some of it's not her fault. It's just it was a really popular hairstyle at the time. Those like incredibly defined ringlets drove <laughs> me nuts for the whole movie. I I zero percent noticed that at all, but I trust right. I trust your I trust your judgment on that. It was very 2010 hair, is what it was. Um, <laughs> okay. Stuff that I, I pay attention to. Um, yeah, no. Just, especially with female um, heroes. Mm -hmm. I should say heroes with long hair are always fighting with their hair flying around in their face, and it drives me bonkers. Mm, yeah. I right. hate it. Right. Because like it happens so that all the shots, their hair is never in their face. But how are you flipping around and mm -hmm. doing anything that involves any kind of action? Mm -hmm. All uh, can I offer a counter argument to that? Mm -hmm. Sure. Um, in it, it's not it's not as common in roller derby now, but like in the earlier days of like this revitalization of roller derby, a lot of roller derby players would have super long hair and it would be purposefully like like out you know yeah. um and like on glow right like mm -hmm. the hair hair is like they're wrestling but you know they're also putting on a show <laughs> yeah but, there's a but certain they, level of spectacle with both wrestling and roller derby i would say 
And I think the reason I'm pointing those out is because both of those things were designed by like the women are designing their own, their own like spectacle, right? Mm -hmm. to, to, I mean, I, I guess you could pick that apart, but um, so I don't know. I guess I'm saying like, I'm okay with it. It doesn't feel, yes, it feels completely impractical. Like, I like, just, <laughs> yeah, you don't want stuff flapping around. You and she's like, she's wearing makeup. It's going to stick to her lipstick. It's going to stick or lip gloss or whatever she's wearing. It's, right. it's not. You're right. She's going yeah. to be spitting hair out of her mouth mm -hmm. while she's trying to shoot people. Right. I mean, you could argue that her physical senses are so finely honed <laughs> yeah. that she can move in such a way that her hair is never in her face. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Maybe that'll be my theory. Just because, like, She's so incredibly aware of her body and how she moves. Plus, with those ringlets, that's a lot of hairspray and product. So I it might it, be physically impossible for it to move in front of her face. <laughs> I think intimidation is a large, it would be a large part of it. Like, if you just present yourself as this, like, over, like uh, that's what I think about superheroes is like a lot of it is just how mm -hmm. much confidence can you exude, you know? Right. And like, to me, being this as badass as she is and like fighting all these people with like this hair flowing all over the place, it's like she is very confident in her abilities and uh, I'm just gonna give her the secret plans because I don't wanna deal with this right now. Right. <laughs> but, um, yeah. Uh, yeah, uh, I, anyway, go on. Oh, no, 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 I'm cutting you off, go ahead. Um. Yeah, I I liked her in this role. I currently have some issues with Scarlett Johansson as an actress and a human. But mm. um what what are the issues that you currently have? Uh she's going to be playing a trans man in a coming up movie and she recently played a character that was traditionally Asian in Ghost in the Shell. Did she? Oh, that's right. I forgot about her Ghost in the Shell stuff. She's just really a trans man? That's a trans weird. man that she looks nothing like. <laughs> That's just weird. Yeah, like and it there's there's there are trans actors and it it makes me really upset. <laughs> it's just and it's I'm I'm wondering like who her agents are at this point mm -hmm. that are like no 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 you should do all these things that will make everybody hate you. It'll be yeah. fine. You're Scarlett yeah. Johansson. Well, and like again and again, it's it I I hate to think about. I feel like the world and especially like American ideology really is polarized at this point, you know, mm -hmm. like I feel like a movie about a trans man, I don't picture a lot of conservatives going to see that movie, but I could be wrong. Right. Maybe right. some not definitely like if they're at a 100 on the conservative level, I don't think they're going to see that movie. No, it, it's yeah. It's about a, a trans man uh, who is a um, a mobster who owned a, a series of brothels disguised as massage parlors. Oh, oh, yeah. <laughs> so maybe it is trying to. I don't know who the audience for that would be. Yeah, I don't know. Oh. Like it sounds like an interesting story, but I just I she's just she one it was, she's a stupid choice for the role. Yeah. And just on a lot of levels. Yeah, and the um, ghost in the, but, in the ghost in the shell thing. Ugh. Yeah, I, I didn't watch that movie because of that. 
like, it's I like it's kind of like Johansson's agent. Stop, stop doing this. Well, <laughs> like, it, there are a lot of different kind of roles you you could be getting her. It's the whole like iron, it, like iron fist. What, yeah. What's, what is that called? Is it just called Iron Fist? Yeah. Yeah, like that whole thing and the Doctor Strange thing. It's just like yeah. I, I watched Doctor Strange, and yeah, we'll get to that. We'll yeah. get to that in three. We'll years. have a lot of talk, a lot to talk about there. Yeah. Um. Yeah. The thing I didn't really enjoy. I I I guess I guess maybe again it's just like playing up of like the Playboy aspect of Tony Stark, mm-hmm. and just seemed just seemed kind of gross. Like he's flirting with her at the beginning and like he's making jokes to pepper about if he can like have her or remember there was like a yeah. line was like can i keep her or something yeah and, like, I... and again it's like i i get it like you're trying to show him being this this like cavalier spe- yeah it, who will eventually sort of mend his ways and come around right um why does pepper like him right? i think that's another problem it's like she's why does she like him yeah. like even even at the end when he saves her she's on the point of an emotional breakdown where she's like i cannot do this anymore you're stressing me out i don't know what's happening you're going to hurt yourself you know and then he kisses her yeah, kissing is like solutions to arguments is is real bad. <laughs> yeah, I mean it happens all the time in movies. Yeah, it's just like yeah. Bad real life relationship technique. <laughs> yeah, real life. I don't, I don't see that going over well. Um. Oh, yeah. 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 Um. I I wish. I wish there was more about. Um. I mean, like we get to know Black Widow a little bit more in later movies. Mm-hmm. Um, I actually like this just like little sort of preview about her as mm-hmm. a supplementary like I don't mind her being a supplementary character in this because that's it's it's sort of like easing into the to shield at large you know mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah yeah I, I didn't yeah I didn't mind her as a supplementary character and I like I like um, Scarlett Johansson like I like her. She has, she's like an appealing actress, mm-hmm. despite all of these things. Like everything we just said, I'm I don't care for, and yet like, like well, yeah, like she's she's got charisma as this character for sure. But yeah. again, but again, like, why are we ca- just get a just get a rush get a Russian actress? You can get a Russian actress. You can get a Russian guy to to. But I suppose it's like, well, where's the star power there? That would be like a different movie. It'd be some like weird, weird indie movie. I think that's what I want is like a bunch of nobodies. <laughs> yeah. I want, I want an indie comic book movie. That's what I want. Yes. <laughs> that's, oh, speaking of... <laughs> that's what I want. Speaking of nobody. So the, the kid that he saves, you know, there's a kid wearing the Iron Man mask and one of the like rogue. Yes. Yeah. Uh, drone iron man's yes goes to attack him yes. also uh iron man took a sweet time saving that kid <laughs> but um the that kid later went on to play 
uh, Peter Parker. <laughs> oh, that's the new that's the new Spider Man. That's the new Spider Man. <laughs> oh, that's great. That that was actually that might have been my favorite part of the entire movie. When the kid like holds up his hand. The, yeah, superheroes interacting with kids is like these are movies made for them, right? And yeah. and it's like you want to show these kids that they can be heroic and like him blasting the guy, but the kid thinking he did it and he yeah. says, nice shot, kid. That's great. That's I like in the, enough. yeah, yeah, it's so good. It's so good. There's, there's not enough of those um, scaled down moments. There, there's somebody that made like a very good argument about um, the first Superman movie. I don't think, I don't think you, have you seen that? The one with Christopher Reeve? Oh, um, it's been a really long time. Somebody made an argument that like the best, one of the best moments in superhero movies ever is when he saves Lois from, um, like he rips, he rips the door off of the car and saves Lois out mm -hmm. of the car. And like, that's one of the greatest superhero moments ever. And I think it's just little moments like that that they need to include in these movies and it would make these guys feel like actually heroic. Yeah. You know? Um, yeah. And, uh, oh, and, and I think too, like they tease us with, with things that I think would like, they need to lean heavily into the heroes getting hurt. And they almost did that with Iron Man where like he was getting, he was getting like the disease crawling up his neck and stuff. Mm -hmm. But I, there's a lot of people that argue that Die Hard is the best action movie ever made. And, and one of the reasons that they say that is because throughout the movie, um, Bruce Willis's character is physically affected one thing after another, after another, after another. Mm -hmm. And, and it shows on him. He goes from like having like clothes to like he's in a tank top and he's getting all bloodied and shot and his feet are all torn up. And then like by the end of the movie, he's just like beat to hell, you know? Mm -hmm. um, and I think that that makes these action movies feel more impacting when you see what they've been through. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I think they should have leaned into some of that stuff with Iron Man. Like really the, these people are like surrogates for, for our struggles as humans. Right. So we want to, mm -hmm. we kind of want to beat them up as much as we possibly can. And then see them like pull out of it. Yes. Yes. Um, or, yeah, or live with, live with it in a heroic sort of way. Right. Yeah. Cause, um, yeah, uh, they just, it's just like a series of like near misses. <laughs> yeah. Or like yeah. a series of like uh, quick escapes, you know, like they're, sur they're entirely surrounded by all of these drones. Mm -hmm. And then they're like, oh no, but we can get away. And then they're fine. Yeah, and then they're fine. It make, and so it makes the danger not feel as dangerous and it makes the heroes not feel that um, powerful. Right. Um, I did like the, I mean, it wasn't like a surprise betrayal, but I really did like 
like this guy hires Mickey Rourke. Mm-hmm. <laughs> not not Ivan. He hires Mickey Rourke. <laughs> um, <Right. laughs> um, who uh, and and feels like he's in control because he sees he's trying so hard to be on the level with Iron Man that he thinks he's as powerful. He thinks he's um, as in control, and that anybody will do what he says. Mm-hmm. And so they're like, clearly, we get this guy out of prison. He's going to be real grateful, and he's going to do whatever I want. But he doesn't. He does his own thing anyway, and just like completely disregards, like does not see him as any kind of threat. <laughs> no, yeah, he was, yeah, he was totally just using the guy the entire time. That was pretty good. I liked that. Where's my bird? Yeah. Oh uh, yeah, and you you put an animal, you put a supervillain who's doing things villainously because of an animal like i'm on that guy's side all the time yeah um i had kept hoping that the bird was going to be like this special bird like he had trained it to do something oh really yeah because he keeps like talking about a bird and then he's like that's not my bird yeah and i was like oh maybe maybe his bird has like a secret code like tattooed (laughs) on its leg or something and he needs that coat whatever you know I, i i like it just being a regular bird yeah, I like it. I like it just being like his. He loves his pet. Yeah, <laughs> like to me that, to yeah, me that that's, a little more yeah. idiosyncratic or something. I like that too. I think I. I mean, I just kept like expecting, like, okay, what is it about the bird? Yeah, right. <laughs> like looking for something. Like, oh no, he just he just likes his bird. Okay, that's that's it. Cool. See, I and I that leads me to in that that made me think of something else. I thought, like, I think. I think these movies need to fake us out more because there's always these like little flags that we're used to in these movies. Like mm-hmm. you're saying, they're talking about this bird. We're used to being in these movies. There's like a code tattooed on the bird, like you said, right? Like right. We, um, we keep looking for these signposts when we watch these movies because we have 30 years of watching movies like this and we're waiting for that stuff to happen. And what I really like is when movies are self-aware and then they direct you, they like, they like lead you up to, oh, I bet the bird, you know, like maybe mm-hmm. they even talk about the code that the bird has or something. And then mm-hmm. it's just a complete like veering off and they do something else with it, you know? Right. Um, I, I wish these movies did more stuff like that. Like when his, they pulled that guy in the prison cell and he looks under the mashed potatoes and sees the time bomb or whatever. Mm-hmm. I don't need, I know what happens. Like you put that time bomb in there. You don't need to, I can play out the rest of the scene in my head. He's going to put the bomb on the thing and explode the door. But I think what would be funnier or not, maybe not funnier, but more interesting is to like misdirect a little bit. Like the time bomb is there. Okay. Like you give a prisoner a time bomb what's going to happen? He's going to blow the door up, right? Well, what if he didn't blow the door up and instead, you know, just like the time bomb sitting there, the guy, that new prisoner guy maybe comes in and he does something like, it's just a complete misdirect and they don't use the bomb at all. And he gets out by like, I don't know, picking the lock with the guy's teeth or something, you know? Right. Um, just, just some, we know what the form is. Just put in a, a little bit more work and misdirect us a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, and it would still be, it would add that much more to these movies, I think. Yeah. Yeah. 
like Quentin Tarantino is really good at doing that. I just rewatched the Kill Bill movies, and I love those movies. they're so good. And like again, he he beats the crap out of um, Uma Thurman, and that makes mm-hmm. us like really attached to her the whole time. Yeah, he, <laughs> Uma Thurman walking covered in dirt. That like weird like janky stompy walk that she does yeah. into the diner is like so good movie. yeah yeah we're like and and they draw he knows how to draw out those scenes he's not in like a hurry to get to the next one it's like these these drawn out moments where we're really like cringing and we're like oh gosh i hope she gets out of course she gets out she's the hero of the movie but right but still we're like oh what if she doesn't um yeah yeah and 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 then he misdirects a lot, like when she's arguing with Vivica Fox in the first one, and they're talking about this showdown that's going to happen. The showdown's going to happen at the playground at midnight or wherever it is, you know. Mm-hmm. And then, if it were a lesser movie, it would cut to then, and then we would see that scene play out. But that completely gets abandoned, and you know that's when Viv- Vivica Fox has the gun in the cereal box. Right. Yeah. So, more guns and cereal boxes is what I mean. Yeah, that was real good. Um, <laughs> they, uh, Mickey Work did a, did have I think the best line in the movie where he was talking about he, when Tony Stark was talking to him in the prison cell, mm-hmm. and he was saying the bit about like, um, you think that I've failed, but really I've succeeded because it doesn't matter if I fail now that I've shown people that like I've drawn blood from you, it's like blood in the water. And now all the sharks are going to come because they can see that like you're vulnerable. Like I really like that. I, I really dig kind of obtuse super villainy talk to the, um, to the hero like that. Yeah. Like the more analogies, the more like weird analogies that there are, the better it is. Yeah, I like that too. And I, I think I think that's a really good lead up to Iron Man three. Is it? I don't remember. I, I don't remember anything about Iron Man three to be honest with you. I remember um, that they Yeah. Yeah. I'll, I'll it'll be fun watching it in again because I don't really remember it. Mm-hmm. Um, just trying to find it. See if I could find the exact line, but it's not on here. Um, uh, what else? What oh, else do I have? Oh, here it is. Here's oh. the the line. Um, so um, uh, Ivan is talking about his father. My father's the reason you're alive. Tony says, "No, the reason I'm alive is because you made a shot and you missed." And Ivan says, if you, could, if you could make God bleed, people would cease to believe in him. There will be blood in the water. The sharks will come. All I have to do is sit back and watch as the world consumes you. Yeah. That was pretty good. That was pretty good. And um, um, that's a very good line. Yeah. Yeah. They, they continued. Um, I'm just reading over my notes more here. Like, they continued with the joke of calling Stan Lee somebody else. Because remember in the first Iron Man, they called him um, Hef. Like Hugh Hefner. Oh yeah. <laughs> and then in this one, they called him Larry King. <laughs> so that was pretty good. Um, Sounds cute. Oh, and this 
probably fit in better with our Scarlett Johansson and Pepper Potts talk, but this movie does not pass the Bechdel test that I could tell. Right? It does not. There are two, two uh, females talking to each other about something other than a man, and they both have um, names in the movie. That well, never... wait, do... There might be a scene where they're... Well, I guess they are talking about Tony-related stuff. Yep. I was going to say maybe they'd be like discussing the Mm-mm. the company. No, no, it doesn't happen. Nope. Nope. Um, let's see what else? What else do I have? Do you have anything else? What do you think? Um. Oh, oh, I do have a, I do have an addendum, but it's not related directly to the movie, so I can save it. Uh, you should go ahead. I can't think of anything else that I want to talk about about this movie. Okay. Oh, it, it, wait. Go ahead. One more thing. Um, uh, apparently, Mickey Rourke found the most challenging part about playing Whiplash was pretending to know his way around a computer. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. That's kind of funny. <laughs> I read also that he, that he like, did a bunch of research as far as, like, what, what Russian prison tattoos were like, and, um, and he paid for his own gold teeth. Um, just stuff like that. There. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, there was there was one. There was one other. Oh, thing. actually, I f- I found. So I I just googled Iron Man two Bechdel test. Um, there is a brief moment where they talk about Stark Enterprises. Oh, and that's okay. About Tony Stark. Oh, okay. So. So technically, possibly? I don't feel good about it. Yeah. About giving it a pass. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, that's, I mean, and Stark Enterprises is named for Tony Stark. Right. Oh, I liked um, the the actor who plays Roger Sterling on Mad Men. I liked him as Tony's dad. Yes, <laughs> that felt like a really, really good, good choice. Yeah, and, and I don't know if this was an, I'm assuming this was an intentional nod to the comic books, but like the way they made him look, it, that is the way Tony Stark looked in the comic books. Like sure. to, to make him okay for the 2010s and, you know, 2008 or whatever, they gave him the goatee. But historically, Tony Stark just has a mustache. Like mm-hmm. that's what he looked like was Tony Stark's dad. And I think I can just picture like that, that design meeting. Do we just give him a mustache? Maybe we cannot have him have a mustache. No, he's got to have some kind of mustache. I know we'll give him like kind of a goatee thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If it was, if they cast Josh Brolin as Tony Stark, then he could get away with just having a mustache. Right. Yeah, yeah. I think Tony Stark's look fits for now. Yeah. Yeah. Um, unless it were Josh Brolin, then I think. Right. I, I think uh, he gets. Way it was just having the uh, mustache. Um, Okay, well. Oh, and it's great that Samuel L. Jackson, who we haven't mentioned yet, has way more speaking in this. Oh, and actually, that's what I was thinking of. He has a line that seems so out of place. He's talking to Tony and he's telling him to, like, give when he drops off the box that has all the footage from his dad or whatever. And he says to him that his dad really believed in him, et cetera, et cetera. And only 
Tony can solve the riddle of his heart. And no joke was made. It's like, only you can solve the riddle of your heart. It was just a very weird, it was a very weird line and it was very weird to hear it coming from Samuel L. Jackson. Yeah. And it was very oh. weird for it to be in a comic book. Yeah. And that, that reminds me, that's something we didn't talk about at all, is that this is the movie where Tony, like, fixes his arc reactor. Oh, yeah. It, yeah, it he, stops, like, poisoning his body. Yeah, yeah, he fixes it with some uh, new lighter, hand-wavy thing. And, like, mm -hmm. put, and he gets a square, or, I mean, he gets a triangle instead of a circle on his chest. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I don't I don't know. I didn't I didn't really enjoy that whole like, oh the map is an atom map or whatever. It, was, it just seemed like Yeah. Uh, it's heavy. it seemed out of character. Or like out of not out of character, but it just It didn't land for me. Yeah. I I enjoyed like I I'm saying all these things that I dislike about this movie. Mm -hmm. But like I kind of like Mickey Rourke. I like them casting all of these like funny people in these movies. Like mm -hmm. Mickey Rourke's not a comedian, but like Sam Rockwell is really funny. And yeah. John Favreau is really funny. And Robert Downey Jr. is really funny. I like, I think, I think the MCU, when they started making these movies, cracked a certain kind of code and were like, oh yeah, we need funny people in action movies. And I right. think- I think a lot of these movies are lacking funny people, you know, it's like yes. going way too grim, way too serious. And there's not, yeah, that element I think MCU does really well with. Yes. Okay. So yeah, I don't know. It was, it was pretty good. Three stars, all right. two and a half stars, three stars, something like that. Yeah. I'd give it, I'd give it two and a half stars. Yeah. I don't think I need to watch it again. No, I have no real desire. Watch it again. Can I tell you what my ancillary thought was? Yeah. I... So... I'm trying to not use Amazon for things. Mm -hmm. But that's how I watched this movie, was I rented it on Amazon for like four bucks or whatever. Mm -hmm. Because it streams to my TV and and Apple, I don't have Apple TV, so it do, Apple doesn't stream to my TV. Mm -hmm. and like I hate dealing with iTunes because the interface sucks. I think and like I these movies just put me in this moral quandary. Like I don't want to give my money to Jeff Bezos or whatever. <laughs> yeah. I don't particularly want to support the monopolization of of our media culture by these movies it's but i like comic books i like i like watching crazy over the top like special effects and stuff um mm -hmm. and then i've been listening to a lot of freakonomics lately and like uh, you know that that book and podcast freakonomics yeah yeah, and you know what what those guys would say about individual monetary choices would they they would say it doesn't really matter that much. <laughs> like they would say 
me choosing to not rent something from Amazon or choosing to rent something from Amazon, it doesn't matter. You know, like mm -hmm. grand scheme of things, I think I'm making some kind of statement, but nobody's paying attention and it doesn't matter anyway. Like I'm not going to make the Amazon machine grind to a halt because I didn't rent from them, you know? Mm -hmm. um, Next so time we can always rent it from Google, from uh, YouTube. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I could do that. I'll do I'll try that next time. Yeah, so I don't know I don't know what what do you think about like moral consumerism, you know? You yeah. Think? That's um that's something I think a lot about uh especially with like all the stuff coming up now about all these different actors, which is like mm -hmm. a different side of things like do I want to give my money to this actor or this director? or whatever by supporting this movie. Mhm. Mm um but you know, sorry for my large large gulping there. <laughs> drinking some water. But you know that like your $4 does not matter. Like, right. It, it, it's, it's like grand scheme of things you yourself giving this giving this 4 bucks does not matter. But I will it's, say that it's imp for me it's important socially. Mm -hmm. like I, I know that it might not necessarily make a difference to the people receiving the money, like buying something on Amazon or not, or mm -hmm. whatever. Um, and to, I mean, to be honest, I still sometimes buy stuff on Amazon because it's yeah, it's the easiest way to get. It's it, so though. easy. <laughs> well, the, and um, yeah, like the, I think that's I think that's the trouble with sort of like some moral consumerism stuff is because. Like, I would have arguments with friends, like, when I lived in Florida, they would sort of, like, get upset with people who shopped at Walmart or whatever. And I'd be like, will you look at where Walmart is? Like, that is the only place that people can get groceries in that neighborhood. So, right. um, also, it's cheap. And mm -hmm. we all don't have a whole lot of expendable income, you know? Right, to go travel to get groceries at a, a different place or whatever. Yeah, yeah, like there's an Onion article that's like, um, it's sort of related where it, it's like um, a single parent of five doesn't have time to watch uh, the organic food movement documentary, <laughs> you know? Right, yeah. And then, you know, the quote is like her saying, oh, I'm sure it's great. I'll watch it when I find time in between, like mowing the lawn, taking care of my kids, folding laundry and you know 18 other things hmm. you know yeah because yeah. it's it's a luxury good it's like do you have time to do you have time to invest in finding alternatives right right yeah anyway that's that's my aside with these movies mm-hmm and, and you know I'm going to be like this with all of them. So oh, that's, yeah. That's, that's why we're my... doing this podcast. Okay. Yeah. I don't want to justify, like, I like these movies. Like, that's, yeah, that's not what this podcast that. is about. I don't want to do it either. Um, everybody does. Yeah. Like, again, to me, it's looking at these movies is like, I, again, like, everybody in the world is watching these things. You know? Yeah. Mm -hmm. I mean, they're global entertainment so weird and they're in yeah so all right and so next 
what do we got? I guess that's Iron Man two. We good with that one? I think we're good. What are okay. we? What are we watching next, Peter? Yeah, we got the list up. So that was twenty ten. Is it Captain America? It might be Captain America. Here we go. Thor is next. Thor. Okay. May 6th, 2011. So we leave the 2010s. And at this point, we are deep into a Obama presidency also. Mm, good point. Good point. Yeah. So. Yep. Um, so, yeah, 2011. Thor, directed by Kenneth Branagh. And and yeah, at the end of Iron Man two, they tease the the teaser is the um the guy the shield guy finds the hammer. Oh right, right, yep, Thor. That guy's really likable. That like that dude. Yeah, Agent Coulson. Coulson, yeah. Coulson. Yeah. All right, cool. Well. All right. Good talk. Good talking. See y'all later. Bye. Bye.